When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. I'm Ash Bennington. I'm joined today by Ali Hassan and Jameis Johnson, both founding partners at Perceptive Capital. Today, we're going to talk about investing in digital assets, Bitcoin, NFTs, DeFi. Welcome to you both. Thank you for having me. Thanks for having us. You guys are both OGs in the space. Uh, you've been here for a long time. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, Jameis, first to you, tell us about your background uh, and what you've been doing for the last number of years in this space. Yeah, I mean, my background goes goes pretty far back, I would say. Um, I used to talk about Bitcoin around the water cooler with my fellow programmers in 2012. I didn't buy any because I was lazy. And I saw as I would have become a millionaire, uh, evaporate right before my eyes. Um, I decided to keep an eye on the space, obviously. So, you know, I ended up going to grad school for machine learning at Columbia. And while I was there, I was taking a computer networking class where you learn about protocols, about how we build the internet, right? TCP, UDP, ID, you know, IP, et cetera, HTTP, and a you know, as we know, Bitcoin is kind of the protocol for value transfer. And I was lucky enough to come across the Ethereum white paper by Vitalik Buterin uh, on a Reddit uh, subreddit. I think it was on the Bitcoin subreddit. Anyway, I read it and it just blew my mind. Um, so I wrote, a I wrote an email to my family and friends titled, This Will Change Everything. Um, of course, no one responded to that email. Um, and I was going to drop out. <laughs> I was such a believer. I didn't drop out. Um, I, that's probably a $500 million mistake. But I did put $2,000 of student loan money into the Ethereum crowd sale in 2014. And I was a machine learning engineer for about four years, uh, always keeping one foot in the space. I was mining Ethereum, I think in 2015 or 16. Um, I turned that off, which was unfortunate. And then I... <laughs> Lots of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you're in the space long enough, you're going to have a slew of stories that don't go your way. You know, I participated in a lot of ICOs. Um, I was there for Maker, Zero X, Filecoin. Um, and I decided, you know, it reminded me of neural networks in 2012. It was like, this is something that is new, nascent. It's evolving extremely fast. Uh, so I decided to quit machine learning and move into crypto full-time. I think it wasn't until about 2019 where I was like, here, the magic of programmable money is beginning. You know, when you saw Uniswap and Compound Synthetics leading into DeFi Summer with Aave, Yearn, um, and DeFi Summer was a very magical time. Had a lot of success, met, made a lot of friends, met a lot of DGENs on the internet. Um, you know, but I am a programmer and a mathematician. Uh, I don't manage billions of dollars of capital, so I had a lot to learn. I reached out to one of our fellow partners, a good friend of ours, Tai Shin, 
who was managing $10 billion at Goldman Sachs at the time. Um, you know, I said, listen, we got a partner. So we would do like night sessions. I would teach him about validators and consensus. He ended up introducing me to Ali. And he said, you got to meet my buddy in crypto, um, which typically doesn't pan out. But Ali and I had a, our first phone call. We were on the phone for two and a half hours debating Ethereum and Bitcoin. So it was pretty clear that it was kind of a trio match made in heaven. Um, and we decided to move forward to institutionalize this, this process. By the way, we should also say, I'm sure our viewers are noticing that you were wearing a Wu-Tang shirt. Uh, give us a little bit of the context here on this and Pleaser Dow. That's right. Yes. So around the same time that we decided to start the fund, um, I was lucky enough to form a DAO to purchase People Pleaser's piece for the Uniswap V3 launch. Um, that was around a year ago today, 11 months ago. And because of DeFi Summer, because of DevCon Osaka, I had met a lot of extraordinarily wonderful individuals. Alex Vanovic from Nansen, Mariona Conti, the head of smart contracts at Maker, formerly uh, Andy8052, Blue Kirby, all of these fun stories of meeting these interesting people. And it was kind of a serendipitous moment on a Friday night where we just said, let's do it, let's form a DAO. Um, and as we sent out invites, it was like the Avengers forming, uh, all of these people I've followed for so long and respected started joining, you know, Tarun, Andrew King, Santiago, Suzu, Robert Leshner. Um, it was an incredible moment for me. And so we didn't know what we and had for at the time. people who are new to the space, these are some of the biggest names in DeFi that you've just mentioned uh, here. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, some of the biggest names in the artistic crypto community, right? People Pleaser, uh, IX Shells, Nadia from Pussy Riot. Our latest members are, um, you know, our latest member actually is Jimmy Wales, the creator of Wikipedia. So it's an eclectic, interesting group. Uh, it's, it's extraordinarily fun, to say the least. It's been a whirlwind of a year. I think people pleaser described it as like a Katamari Damacy ball picking up. If you've ever played that game, picking up a lot of it was it was pure chaos. Um, we ended up purchasing the Edward Snowden NFT. We helped buy the Ross Ulbricht NFT. We got the Tor Foundation piece by IX Shells. We got two pieces from Nadia from Pussy Riot. Jimmy Wales Wikipedia piece. I know I'm forgetting some people, so I'm sorry. Gosh. But the, the two NFT. the two biggest ones are the Doge NFT from Atsuko Sato, who took the original photo of the Doge. She's a 70-year-old elementary school teacher in Japan of uh, Kabuso, the original Doge, right? That photo. And then also the Wu-Tang Clan album, the single print of that album. I was very lucky to hang out with Riza and, uh, of Wu-Tang Clan fame, talk to him about it. This is, by the way, for people who may not know, this is the original uh, printing of the single issue album, the physical copy that you guys own through the DAO. Right. And it used to be owned by Martin Shkreli. So the album was created over, I believe, six or seven years between the late 2000s and early 2010s. It was an artistic project to show, you know, the commodification of music through Napster and Spotify. So they, they made a single album. Um, well, it's technically two discs, but it's in a case within a case within a case within a case. They auctioned it off. Um, Martin Shkreli, 
the pharma bro internet villain purchased it. He ended up going to prison. At that point in time, the DOJ confiscated the album. And then fast forward, I think four years, uh, we were lucky enough to kind of go through some back channels to acquire it. So all this, we should say, is another story with Pleaser Doubt. Today, uh, we're here talking <laughs> about perceptive capital. Uh, but I want to bring Ali into the conversation. Ali, you also have been in this space for a very long time, also an OG. Tell us a little bit about your background in crypto. So my background is pretty cool, but nowhere near as interesting as James's. James is probably the, the the most fun, most interesting man in crypto. And it's uh, it's been a whirlwind of an adventure meeting him and building a, a fund with him. I started my career in traditional finance, so not nearly as degenerate or as OG as James's. I started my career at Goldman Sachs. I was fortunate enough to join a team where some of the smarter people I know were talking about Bitcoin and trading Bitcoin in 2013. I started doing the same just because I wanted to be like them. And I wanted to uh, be involved in the cutting edge stuff that I was right out of school. I graduated in 2013 and started trading Bitcoin in 2013. I became the guy who wouldn't shut up about Bitcoin, couldn't stop speaking about it. Couldn't every single meeting, dinner, conversation, then girlfriend, now wife, family, everybody needed to know about Bitcoin. And that culminated in me um, publishing, writing and publishing a paper in 2016 called The Rise of Blockchain. That paper really, switch things around for me. I spoke about Bitcoin when it was $800, Ethereum when it was $8, Litecoin and the pennies. I spoke about Dash. I spoke about three venture capital firms that were making some pretty large um, allocations to the space. And I made the case, I presented an investment thesis that this is an asset class worthy of investment. This is not a fad. This is not a trade. This is not um, uh, 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 something that's just going to pass. And this is worthy of an allocation in a properly diversified portfolio. That paper went viral. I ended up raising some capital. Um, I invested in a lot of the um, assets that I talked about in my paper, and uh, that fund did tremendously well. And uh, uh, today we're seeing similar opportunities that I was seeing in 2017, just a, a different opportunity set. In 2017, we were talking about front-running the world on Bitcoin and Ethereum, buying it before the qualified custodians, the ETFs, the futures, the regulatory frameworks were into place. Because if you waited until that happened, you missed the opportunity. And today we're doing the exact same thing with the opportunity set that is DeFi. And I'm sure we're going to get into that later. Yeah. By the way, don't worry, Ali. I have a boring background working in banks too. <laughs> I'm a big fan, Ash. I know, I know you know this, but we, James and I are, are big fans of the show. And we're really excited to be here talking to you and your, uh, your fans as well. Well, thank you so much for saying that. It's a pleasure to have you here. It's really interesting, you know, both of you guys uh, to just talk to you. You know, Ali, you talk very much like a finance guy. James talks very much like a guy who spent, uh, you know, time studying uh, computer science in graduate school. I know you guys have a third partner, but it really is a sort of an interesting uh, mix that you guys bring together when you talk about these assets. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something about James that he doesn't even share. Yes, he's an artificial intelligence, machine learning, quant, smartest guy I know, but he's also uh, ranked in the top 20 in the world on his DGEN scores. I don't even know if you know this, Ash, but there is something for your viewers, if you're not familiar, something called a DGEN score. Ethereum is a public blockchain. You can see every single transaction anyone's ever done. Jameis invested in the ICO. He's got a Genesis Ethereum address. He's also got a bunch of other addresses, but... His address, his main address, um, they took a look at everything he seeded, every ICO he did, every time he provided liquidity, NFT purchase, DAO, you name it. And they compared him to everyone else. He's literally ranked 20th in the world, which means that there are only 19 other people that I could have picked as a partner who know more about DeFi and Ethereum than Jameis. 
Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.